And so we might chit-chat with him a little bit. Um, then Dennis has a buddy who uh, who is kind of on a, a, a nationwide quest of living in his van, I think. We'll, we'll hear more from Dennis about that. And then, of course, uh, we want to talk to you about your car, your car problems. You know, maybe you've got some things going on. Maybe you're fortunate enough to head down to the Greenwich Concours d'Elegance. That's going to be taking place June 1st through June 3rd, and that's in Greenwich, Connecticut. And that's always a that's always a really high end. If you like the really high end cars, which I have, um, I have mixed feelings about that. But uh, you know, you you see some absolutely beautiful cars. It's just when I see cars that look so nice, it, that look like they've never been driven. It looks like they spend all of their time on a trailer. Um, I don't know. It just seems like it's not as I don't know as much fun as it should be. Um, the uh, I I remember talking with. Uh, Paul Zangari one day, we were talking about the time he met uh, one of the Porsches, and I don't know which one it was. We'll say it was Ferdinand Porsche, which it probably wasn't, but it was one of the Porsches. And he was at a big Porsche event, and uh, he said, uh, this makes me sad. And Paul Zangari said to him, why should it make you sad? There's, There's Porsches all over the place around here. And he said, well, because most of these cars are not being driven. They're just being shown, and and our car was designed to be driven. So he, he was a little disappointed. So, but Concours Delegance, a big event. Uh, you can check it out at GreenwichConcours.com. Uh, it's about thirty bucks for the day, fifty dollars for both days if you want to go. There's VIP admission. I don't know what that gets you, but there's also a Saturday night gala. And again, it's uh, GreenwichConcours.com. Go see how the rich people live. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is our phone number, and we have uh, Buddy Junior D'Amato on the phone, who's. Uh, Trying to renew his driver's license. Junior, good morning. Hey, good morning, John. How are you? I'm doing okay. So uh, so you're like many people that are uh, trying to renew their driver's license, and the new system's all in place, and it's um, being a little bit difficult, isn't it? Well, it's, it certainly is pretty interesting, if, uh, to say the least. Uh, I'm sitting right now right in front of the AAA office here in Raynham. They open at 9 o'clock, and guess what? I am the first one to come in. Really? And I see a lovely lady in there behind. Uh, yeah, I'm amazed. I'm standing in line, but uh, there is no line. Pretty amazing. Know. That's well. That's I think maybe then you picked the right day to go there. You'll our our, man, our manager in Raynham is Phyllis. You'll love Phyllis. In fact, we met Phyllis. You met Phyllis. You probably maybe you remember or not when we did that event together down at uh, down in Middleborough. Yes, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, she was really nice and. Um, I've got to tell you, I had to get all of my information ready to go, birth certificate, um, a couple of pieces of um, information. They wanted a tax bill. They wanted a, a water bill, a phone bill with your address on it. I guess, John, just having a license for 40 years, is he correct? Yeah, I yeah I I know it was it was sort of interesting. You've had your license for a long time. You've been driving for a long time. You're, uh, it's it's your it's your form of identification. But now but now they want these uh, now they want these uh, uh, government identification. So uh, and that's going to be something that's going to go in effect uh, for everyone in 2020. If you go into a federal building or you fly, you're going to need one of these or have a passport with you. And yeah. it seems it seems a, a little bit rep- but I guess this is the world we live in, and this is what we're going to need. So um, I know my license doesn't expire till 2020, but I think I'm going to get it. Uh, like uh, people, people may not realize you can renew your license.
is up to a year early. So I'm hoping if I get it done in 2019, I'll I'll be somewhere between the rush. So I'll be able to do it. But it's kind but it's kind of nice that the AAA offices are open on Saturday mornings, so you can at least be there on Saturday where you can't be at the registry on Saturdays. Oh, kind of nice, John. It's pretty unbelievable. Uh, when we were at, uh, in Hyde Park, Rosendale, in the Westwood branch, uh, there was about an hour to an hour and a half wait, believe it or not. So this is not too bad doing it right now. Yeah. Um, on the, on the front door, due to the real ID licensing requirements, wait times are longer than usual. Uh, should you be expect to exceed the normal hours of operation, services may be unavailable, uh, unavailable before yeah. closing time. Yeah, no, yeah, it's so you it, get in the door yeah. and shut the door on you. Yeah, uh, we try not to do that, but they, but sometimes the line can get so long that that's the case. But it's um, it, it's a little like Disney World where they they put the sign up and it says from here on there may be a two hour wait. You know, so uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, but I, I know I was at our Rockland office yesterday. I I think I got there just after nine o'clock. There was about. 15 people waiting in line and there was 15 people waiting in line till I left at noontime. So it's, it's, uh, this is, this is a thing. Normally our AAA offices have two to three people waiting. I know the last time my wife did her license renewal, she did it at the South Dennis office. There was one person waiting in line. I think the total time, and that was with me chit chatting with somebody I knew working there. I think the total time was about five minutes. So, uh, yeah, this, this whole, this whole thing is, is making a change. But again, um, the the registry is happy that AAA offices are trying to take some of the load off. I know we're doing about, I think we're doing about 30 or 40% of the license renewals now for the registry. And it works out because AAA members, uh, about half of all the registered vehicle owners in Massachusetts are AAA members. So they can come in. There's no additional charge to go into a AAA office. And it's the same equipment. It's the same system. You'll get a temporary license when you walk out the door. You keep your old one. And then... And uh, about a week to 10 days later, you'll get your new one in the mail. You made a remark, John, uh, with your comment that, uh, you know, the registry is happy to see AAA doing it. Well, I think the registry would be completely screwed if AAA did not participate in this. And I hope that they are taking care of the uh, AAA uh, companies, employees, and everybody else uh, the way they should. Because without AAA right now in their offices, I don't know what people would be doing to get a driver's license. It's yeah, really yeah. a problem, John. You know, it, it really is. It really um, is, and we don't. And we don't benefit. Our benefit is we get our. We have a service for our members, and there's no. The registry doesn't pay us. We have to buy the equipment. Uh, we have to do everything on our own. But for us, it's like here's one more good reason to become a AAA member is to be able to renew your driver's license without going into the registry office. Uh, I'm going to tell you, as far as uh, the last call of being a AAA member, I would say that 95% of the people at our Boston shop are AAA members. And I saw um, Marty was in yesterday to see me to say hello, and uh, they're going back now to the uh, the cards that they used to uh, give up for many, many years, yep. that the AAA members, they really should take a moment and just ink down what their real thoughts are on the service and how everything was. Not only with the facility, the cleanliness of it, how they were treated, and if the vehicle was towed, uh, you know what, give the tow truck driver a thumbs up if he helped you out. And you know, some of these guys are out there, and they make a pretty good living, and I would say 80% of my clients in Boston definitely take care of the AAA driver with, you know, like a $5 bill. 
which, you know, five bucks, John, you know, let's face it, isn't going to kill anybody, but it's just a little bit of extra five bucks that goes to the kindness of that tow truck driver. And you know what? That guy's going to remember that down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, speaking of your shop, you have a shop in High Park and a shop in Middleborough. Um, what kind of challenges are you seeing as the uh, summer heat waves are starting to approach? And so far, John, uh, the way the people have been doing their, um, their servicing has been really nice, no problems. The one main thing that we do find uh, doing the AAA approved repair shop, uh, shop in uh, Middleborough is that the amount of cars being towed off road for overheating, blown hoses, and ready for this, John? How could this ever be? Winston's running out of oil. Uh, well, you know, you and I both know how it could it, it could ever be because um, you know back when you and I started in this business, we were uh, we were you know changing oil on customers' cars every two thousand miles or every couple of yeah. months, and even if the car burned a little bit of oil, uh, nothing really happened. But as you start to spread these oil changes, I know my wife's Volkswagen once a year or every ten thousand miles, and yeah, you know, and, yeah. Yeah, and any and any good engine's going to burn a little bit of oil because you know you coat the inside of the cylinder walls with oil when the piston goes up and down. You fire off a, a spark plug inside of it; it burns off that little bit of oil. You you do that for five, six, seven thousand miles. All of a sudden, you're down a couple of quarts of oil, and next thing you know, there's not enough oil in the engine to lubricate the engine anymore. It's pretty amazing. And John, getting on to another aspect, uh, you and I sometimes differ on a lot of vehicles and a lot of products and a lot of ideas. Uh, you know, you can call me a politician these days. I've done a complete flip-flop on the hybrid vehicles. Have you? Yeah, have I, you? I, I tell you. Uh, I don't know if you got behind the, the new Honda that we have in the press fleet. No. I got behind the wheel. The car was born uh, in May of this year, and my average mile per gallon with that car, John, was 47 miles per gallon. And as we're inching up to $3 a gallon for gas... Uh, 47 miles per gallon is like paying a dollar fifty a, a gallon for most cars that are going to get 25, 26 miles a gallon. So and during all, the entire yeah. week, yep, during the entire week we drove that car, the uh, battery level never went down below a quarter of the charge, which I thought was pretty darn good. Compare that to the i3 BMW. I don't know if you've driven that car yet. It's got a little two-cylinder motor in the back to keep the uh, the electric uh, batteries charged up. I gave up trying to charge the batteries in that vehicle, so I went on the motor for about five days, and uh, it holds all ready for this, John? Four gallons of gas. Four gallons of gas, huh? Yep, and that took me a week. Well, I, yeah, see, you, you, you drive all the good cars first. I haven't driven that one either. So, Well, it, it's there. I'm sure you're going to have a good time with it, but as far as the autonomous vehicles, uh, I think that uh, that's something that we don't really need to have right now in our life. Yeah, I mean, this this Wednesday at MIT, the New England Motor Press is doing a big uh, technical summit. It's going to take place from uh, 12 to uh, about 4, and there's going to be a lunch speaker. The guy is a, uh, a Ph.D. from MIT, Brian Reamer, who... Uh, who has done some surveys now, and it's showing that, well, maybe maybe people aren't as ready for autonomous vehicles as the manufacturers think they are. And it's kind of funny, even on the good surveys, uh, where people are, you know, maybe 30 or 40% of the people are willing to get into a car without a driver, that means the car manufacturers are spending billions of dollars on technology that the public might not really want. 
you know, what you just said is 100% true, and I just don't think I would see that in my life. I think if they're going to want to do something, they may want to go forward and put their money and effort into uh, the new, uh, you know, plug-in vehicles, if not at least the hybrid vehicles, because I think that's going to be a way of the future. Uh, as we saw about three weeks ago down at the garage, uh, we saw the new Jeeps, and we saw a 40-volt battery system that runs a large generator slash alternator slash motor that gives these vehicles a lot more get up and go from the dead stop. I thought it was just in the Jeeps. Uh, uh, it's in the Henry trucks as well. Pretty yeah, amazing that, what they're doing. That wrangle, that wrangle with the little four-cylinder engine, you're like, you're like, oh, this little four-cylinder engine, how's this going to be off-road? But when you put an electric motor behind it, all of a sudden now you get that instant torque, and the thing, the thing should be able to chug up rocks and uh, all kinds of all kinds of poor terrain. So uh, that new Jeep Wrangler is going to be a pretty interesting thing. Uh, you know, time will tell how that electric motor holds out, but that's what they're using in all the military vehicles is some form of hybrid like that now. So uh, it's it's I guess it's not a big surprise. The big the new big, uh, the big thing is on that new Jeep Wrangler is that it's completely redone, and you don't have to worry about slamming the door shut anymore. The doors actually do close when you close them. They do, and the, and and apparently the top opens really easily, so you don't have to fight. You don't need you don't need uh, an entire family out there to open and close the top. One one handle, you can slide the top open, and you can be open air pretty easy. And we can put our pliers back in the glove compartment. You don't need them for the zippers because the zippers are gone. So that's, that's pretty right. interesting what they've done. You know? That's right. I think the last time I had a Jeep, I, st- I think I still have a bruise on my finger from where I pinched my pinched my hand trying to close the top up. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's, 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 a lot of, there's a lot of new stuff coming. And, you know, even though, you know, we look at this stuff and say, you know, things are changing a little bit at a time, uh, there's been some real significant changes in the past 10 years with uh, this technology. But you're right. Are, do we really need all of this technology just to go to the supermarket and get groceries? Well, I, I don't. I think that we have to look in uh, a whole lot of the direction with all these vehicles that we have right now. And again, the technology is really crazy. Coming up to the AAA office today, I had to use uh, Google because I was at the wrong location. I says, I'm looking, I'm looking. I says, it's got to be here. But it was in another plaza. Oh, know, we, yeah. AAA oh, I, I should have told you time. we moved. We yeah, moved to another plus. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked out really well, and everybody now is inside starting to uh, count the money. I see movie tickets available. I see all kinds of good stuff. And oh, yeah. People actually, yeah. uh, all the employees are in there, and I'm probably number one in line. Well, uh, that's Money's good. That means – that. Is that Phyllis? So it'll be a fun time. Yeah. I'm so when you, see, when you see Phyllis, tell her I said hello. And, uh, what does Miss Phyllis it, looks like? Phyllis has, Phyllis has dark hair, and she's the most – enthusiastic, smiley person you'll meet. She just walked in. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah. go. She just walked in. And we got so, pretty close to 9 o'clock. Uh, about, about, you got about 10 minutes to go. She said, she told me she was going to buy, she was going to buy a cup of coffee, but I told her you're a tea drinker, so you never know. I have it in my hand already. All right. Uh, anyway, we're seeing a lot more cars, John, hit the $100,000 mark uh, in both domestic and, of course, the imports. And uh, it's amazing what these cars are worth a year, 18 months after they were purchased. And it's not just cars. How many How many of the pickup trucks have you seen, That the high-end pickup trucks that are all of a sudden seventy, almost $80,000? I know I just recently looked at the GMC uh, Sierra 1500 Denali. That thing was, that thing was over $70,000. Yeah, my neighbor just bought one. In fact, we've got a uh, 
that uh, Lincoln Navigator, a hundred thousand three hundred fifteen dollars. And I remember, I guess, I guess, I guess this is a function of age with me. I remember that uh, I think the luxury tax used to kick in at thirty two thousand dollars. The government said, you know, if you spend thirty two thousand or more on a on a car, it's considered a luxury. And now we're seeing just about every car at thirty thirty thousand and up. Yeah, you know, if anybody wants to buy a boat, then go buy a boat, register Rhode Island, and guess what happens to the sales tax? Uh, I don't know, but you end, up, you, you, you end up in trouble, though, don't you? Well, as long as you're a good boy and uh, you're not, you know, spending a million dollars on a boat, I guess. Uh, they want the uh, boating industry in Rhode Island to keep uh, very positive, and that's one thing that they've done. As long as you register it and you uh, keep it in Rhode Island, there's no tax. Oh uh, well, yeah, you got to keep it in Rhode Island. But if you register yeah. it, move, yeah, if you put it in Massachusetts, you'll get in some trouble. So, uh, I believe, yeah, we know yeah. we know one of our big a uh, big uh, executives did that years and years ago. So it's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, in fact, I so believe there's know. there's even a state rep or something that had a uh, boat registered in Rhode Island and kept it in Massachusetts, and he may have gotten a little hot water over it as well. So yeah, he had to pay that. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's a chair that. Well, well, uh, closed. John, they're saying they're still closed over here. Do you are they? Well, so, can you drop a dime and see if they can open up 10 minutes early? Uh, probably not. Yeah, ah, but we yeah. love them. They're all, yeah. they're all so happy and gracious. And now I got about 15 people in back of me. Yeah, well, see, see, you got the you got the just in time to get in early and you know, uh, uh brush up, you know, you know. Keep keep your glasses clean so you can so you can do the eye test. You know the the you'd be surprised the eye test isn't all that hard to do anymore. So, no, so you, I know a little time like I should be able to handle it. I think so. I think you only got to get I think you only got to get four or so right. So I think you'll be okay. What did you drive in today, Mister John? I I drove I drove a uh, a Buick Encore. So Buick, they still make Buicks. They still make Buicks. It's a Buick. It's it's funny. Buick makes what three SUVs now, and I think they're all they're all none of them are made in the United States. I think the I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that Toyota convertible they have? That's where's that come from? I think that's I think that's an Opel product actually. So, uh, but I think it's but I don't even think it's made in Germany. I think it's made in Hungary or something. And and uh, you know some of their Buicks are made in China, and they're made in China and exported back here. Uh, The the Buick Encore is a, is the same vehicle as the Chevy Trax, uh, so little tiny, you know, a, a, you know, a third of an SUV. Um, pretty comfortable front seats, better than the Chevy Trax. The the rear seat, you put the seats all the way back, and you're not going to get a lot of room in the back. Little small yep. cargo area in the back, uh, but. You know, this is a pretty well, you know, it's heated steering wheel, heated seats, satellite radio, but it's a little tiny SUV that sells for close to $33,000. So, uh, again, everything's everything's expensive, and uh, something like the Buick Encore, I think, would be the perfect, for a while there, you could lease one for $129 a month. You know that's that, and that that was that was the thing to do with it. You know, not a car to buy, a car to lease. How are you finding your customers are leasing more cars? Yeah, the, the trouble with leasing cars is after those three years of lease payments, I got eight people in my neighborhood that lease vehicles, and after three years, what do they got left? Nothing. Nothing. Unless, you, unless you buy the car back. Yeah, and and sometimes you can buy it back, and it's like buying it at wholesale. It's a pretty good price. Other times, it's not. Yeah. Um, so you need to decide. I know somebody at least a Honda CRV for a couple of years, and when the lease came up, they bought it for I think it was sixteen thousand dollars, which was about 
$2,000 less than they were selling on the street. And he said, hey, I've been taking care of it for, for three years or two years or however long it was. I know it's been a good car for me. I'm going to hold on to it, and I'm going to keep it. So I'm happy with it. Not everybody can do yeah. that, but some people do. A lot of, what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of these leases are subsidized by the car companies. Remember when Saab was in business, they were, you could lease a Saab for peanuts because oh, no yeah. one was buying them. And uh, they just wanted to get them out there. So now we're leasing cars, and they bring them back in. And what, if you lease a car for, let's say, three years, I, the lease now is 39 months. That's the average lease I'm seeing. No more 36. And at the 36-month uh, period or time frame, they give you a call and say, look, we'll buy, the, we'll buy you out of that lease and put you another lease for less money than you're paying right now for this lease. Right. So, you know, a lot of people are tempted to do that. Yep. No, I, I know somebody who's – he's a – He's a little bit fickle, so he's been leasing. He's decided he wanted to lease a car, so he he got a three year lease on a BMW 340. He, he likes the car, but he doesn't love the car. He's waiting for the lease to. He's waiting for them to offer a deal to get out of the lease a year early, and then he might go into something else. Might go into an Audi. Might go into. Uh, Maybe even a Maserati for a couple of years. He figures, you know, if, if he only takes a two or three year lease on a car, he's not going to have to worry much about any repairs because they're generally going to be all under warranty. And he figures he's only going to put twenty or thirty thousand miles on. And uh, he looks at it as a good way to do it. And if he can, you know, write off the mileage on his taxes for business purposes, he's like, hey, you know, I'm going to be basically in a car for for. Uh, not a lot of money, and he's gonna he's gonna try to make it work. I know I'm old fashioned. I'm not a I'm not a leasing guy. So, but that's yeah. just a matter of me being a little old fashioned. So, now you go back about four years ago. You just mentioned the word Maserati. You would never even hear that uh, unless you were at the very high end of a lot of people yeah. and a lot of uh, customers buying those things. But uh, now you see Maserati. Uh, Kelly did a big push on those last year with the Quattropino, the all wheel drivers in the right. Bayard. That was uh, leased at a particular amount of money, and uh, they did go through a hell of a lot of those vehicles. And yeah, they did. Now you don't hear you don't hear them being advertised yeah. at all anymore. You don't, and it's the same thing with the uh, the Alfa Romeo, the Julias, and all of that. There was a little bit of a push for those, and all of a sudden they faded away. So I don't know what's going on with those cars either. You know, I don't know if that Alfa Romeo is going to make it. I really don't. Yeah, uh, I don't know if people are going to want to go for it. I would love to see the little MG come back, which I think we may see down the road. Uh, yeah, that would be an interesting vehicle. Yeah, it, it can get the bumpers to pass. <laughs> yeah, it could. It could be, but you know, you never know. It might be like the Volkswagen bus. It might only come out. It might only come back in electric or something. You never know. Yeah, we're going to see a lot more of that as time goes on. All right. Well, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Wait in line and get your driver's yeah. license so you're all legal and you can go into federal yeah. buildings and you can fly all around the world yeah, and yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, and it's kind of funny. I, w- I was in I was in a federal building a couple months ago. As soon as I walked in, as soon as I drove in the parking garage, they said I need to see your driver's license. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, why? It's uh, it's a. He said, no, no, this it's uh, it's a federal building on the sixth and seventh floor. So you need to you need to show that you're a U.S. citizen when you come in here. And I said, but it's a you know it's a it's a uh, I don't know, food court on the first floor. They're like, it doesn't matter. You need to have a you need to have a license to get in. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it is it is it is absolutely is. All right, Mr. Junior, I will let you. Uh, I will I will let you. Uh, you know, do what you do. Say hello to say hello to uh, Miss Phyllis when you're in there. And uh, your shop, your shop, uh, High Park, and in Middleborough. Uh, what's the address in Middleborough for everybody? 
359 West Bridgewater undergoing a big expansion. Uh, we hope to have it ready to uh, be all expanded by uh, Labor Day. There you go. All right. Have a great day, John. All right. Nice take care, day. Junior. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. Junior D'Amato, one of AAA's top shop owners. Uh, known him. I think I've known Junior for as long as I've almost known anybody. Uh uh, well over 30 years now. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Well, I'll buy you a Chevrolet. I'm going to buy you a Chevrolet. I'm going to buy you a Chevrolet. If you'll do something for me. Back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Always good to hear from uh, Mr. D'Amato, uh, even if he is, uh, like a lot of people today, a little frustrated with their driver's license renewals. But uh, the registry will the registry will get it, get it a little bit quicker, I'm sure, as time goes on. But this whole real ID thing is just a bit frustrating for for them as well. And then what happens is I wasn't aware how often the systems actually have some problems. We get notified at work when, you know, this is down and this is down. And uh, uh, I want to say, it, and it, it, you know, and it's probably a, f- a factor of the Internet. It's, it's probably not a result of anything at the RMV. It's probably the Internet goes down and everything's connected with these dedicated Internet lines. And if there's a problem, all of a sudden the system goes down and then you're in trouble. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to Paul. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Good. Let me turn my radio off. It wasn't uh, It wasn't playing through my telephone. Um, no. Happy Memorial Day. Uh, two things. Now, well, first now, of all. Now, are you supposed to say Happy Memorial Day? Is it? Yeah, is it, I was wondering is, about that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, right. There's a, there's a whole, uh, there's, there's a whole, happy you know, Memorial I was... Uh, yeah, yeah, I was talking to a veteran. Day, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was talking to a veteran the other day, and I said, and I said to him, and and he was a he was a World War II veteran, so a guy who'd been around for a long time. And I said to him, "What do you think about Happy Memorial Day?" And he said, um, "I'm here, so I'm happy." So it was his answer. Wasn't it Decoration Day originally? Was that what they called it? Ah, uh, maybe. I, think. I, don't I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think uh, um, when Lincoln was, I, I think it was post. Civil War. I think it was called Decoration Day, but oh. I could be wrong. Oh. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> the, um, yeah, join, join that club. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, whatever it is, uh, uh, I don't know. I can't even say celebrate it then, can I? Uh, uh, we'll, we'll say, we'll, how about if we say, uh, don't forget what uh, Memorial Day really means. And, and uh, you know, if you, you uh, see a veteran, thank them for everything they do. How about that? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the, first, uh, 
Well, uh, two questions. Well, one, did you see Prince Harry's um, 1969 Jaguar uh, at the wedding? I, I I will say that I missed all of the wedding. Well, yeah, but there's no matter. I mean, it's been all over the you know, oh. internet. Um, it it was a 1969 Jag convertible, mm-hmm. uh, or 68, 69, and it had been converted to an electric uh, Jaguar. Really? Yeah, I'm sure you can Google it and find it yeah. pretty quickly. And, and yeah. I, I, uh, there's a, a video where he, I think he drives off of it with with his new bride. Um, uh, but as a friend of mine said, "Gee, what a waste of a Jaguar!" And I, said, I, I don't think it's his only car. You know, yeah, prob- yeah prob- feeling, probably. Yeah, probably not. It's not his only car. Yeah, yeah. And, and and actually, you know, Jaguar, Jaguar, and Land Rover, you know, which are not the Jaguar and Land Rover that we know because they're they're not owned by any. I think they're owned by uh, uh, Tata now or something. So, uh, but. But pretty much every Jaguar and Land Rover car that's being made, I think, for the model year 2018 is either going to be electric or hybrid electric. So really? it's not surprising that they're going to – that it. I'm sure when you're Prince Harry, you can call Jaguar up and say, hey, I have a – I, I have a uh, old uh, uh, XKE convertible. Can we convert it to electric? And they probably they probably don't argue with them. They probably say that's a good idea. Why don't we do it? And it, it you know, uh, unlike a lot of Jaguars, it probably starts in the first turn too. You it, know? It, it, <laughs> it it probably does. Uh, um, you know, it, it, the thing about Jaguar always was we always used to joke. Anybody who ever fixed one was they have two of everything that broke twice as often. You know, they had two distributors and. You know, just mm-hmm. essentially two of everything, and and uh, years, years, years back, uh, I I worked in a building that was owned by two brothers, and they were just real estate guys. And one of the brothers drove an old Cadillac, and the other brother drove a Jaguar. And uh, and the uh, the guy who drove the Cadillac said, "I don't know what's wrong with my brother. That thing's in the shop so often he had to buy a second one just to." just to drive while the other one's being fixed. And he said, my Cadillac, he said, yeah, I know people don't think much of Cadillacs anymore, but he said, I barely change the oil in this thing and, and drive the wheels off of it and never have a problem with it. I'm sure. Uh, he, he probably had to pick him up, had to pick up his brother in the Cadillac because the, yeah. the guy was in the shop. But on, but on the other hand, they are awfully pretty cars. So They certainly are. They certainly yeah. are. And the XK, was that XKE? Is that what that was? Yep, XKE, um, yeah. Uh, and it was like a, a kind of an odd color. It, I think it didn't didn't come over on the internet that well, but it, it looked like a light green, which kind of it didn't do anything for me. Uh, yeah, I but, mean it's, uh, it wasn't the wasn't the British racing green. So yeah, it's, speaking of British racing green, uh, was that just a, a random thought that the MGs may be coming back? Um, no, there's 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 been some talk. There's been some talk about it. Um, you know, will, but you know who who knows what who knows what they're gonna what they're gonna be when they come back. Uh, um, but yeah, there's been there's some there's been some talk over the years that that, that may actually be the case. So, someone here has a uh, a seventy one uh, uh, MG convertible in British racing green. It is just perfect condition. Um, yeah, I, I sure from here. One of one of my uh, one of my first. Um, bad mistakes in buying a car was I bought a, uh, a 60, I think it was a 68 or 9 
MGB, and it was um, it was the most fun car I think I ever drove, and it was the one that I continually fixed, and it, it was not a terrific car to start off with. It had it had been it had been around and it had been abused a little bit, but it was um, it was it was. It was fun. I will admit that it, it was the interior was nice. It had a it, we put a new top on it. It uh, the engine ran well, uh, but it didn't always run as well. It didn't always run because of it, you know back to back to electric problems. And it wasn't just Lucas electric problems. It was apparently someone put a clutch in the car once and cut all the wires to pull the engine out, and it never got repaired correctly until it finally broke. And then I was able to. Uh, uh, then I was able to figure out what was wrong with it when it finally broke. By the way, Prince Harry's car, um, mm-hmm. 350,000 uh, pounds is uh, apparently what this car cost. And dollars uh, is what, a lot. Yeah, I don't know, a lot. So uh, it's uh, it says here, a modern take on the 68 model, the Concept Zero is entirely electric and a nod to the couple's environmental conscience and apparently big bank account. Yeah, exactly. And an impressive, and an impressive three hundred fifty thousand pound motor atta- attracted plenty of attention to this unusual combination of vintage style and electric power. But Harry and Meghan's classic EV isn't the only one of its kind. Uh, motor enthusiasts have spent hours updating some of the most admired cars, and then it goes on after that. But, um, but yeah, so. Uh, it's, it's Actually, a, it's I a, called about oil change, but just one thing about MG. So I'll move, I'll move on. The uh, preferred uh, uh, service in Weymouth, um, where they run on Route 18, yep. they have an old MGB GT. I see it in the back every time I drive by. I don't know if if it's uh, the owner's car and it, or what, but it's sort of like a an orangey red. Uh, MGBGT. Uh, yeah, I I was actually on Route 18 someday. just the other day. I was uh, I was going I was going down um, I was going down. I did I did a talk at the Weymouth Library uh, the other day, and I noticed as I as I drove by, I saw that MGBGT there, uh, and I was uh, I was I was a little interested. I was a little interested myself when I saw that. Um, it's been there the, at least a year or two. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. longer. You know. Yeah. And uh, he's, I don't. He's probably, he's he's probably he's still waiting. Move, so that, probably, that's a probably good still sign. waiting for parts. You know. <laughs> probably. Uh, now the reason my call. Um, I got a uh, an email uh, coupon from Quirk Monster. Uh, a real special on oil change, only forty nine ninety five. Yeah, that's oh. twice what I ever paid for an oil change. Is, has has oil gone up? Oil um, change not, has gone up not, with not gasoline. That, not that much. Um, is that synthetic oil? Did it say? Uh, it says one. Uh, it says change oil up to five quarts, uh, and, and uh, synthetic is sixty nine ninety five. This oh. is five W forty synthetic blend oil, uh, and that also includes an oil filter. And a multi-point inspection, which is what they try yeah, to find yeah, out what, wrong, yeah. what else is wrong with your yeah. car. Uh, but it's uh, so it's forty-nine ninety-five for the synthetic blend, and a is it O or zero W twenty full synthetic oil is sixty-nine ninety-five. Mm. I mean, uh, I, but I don't know. I mean, I haven't. Uh, mine's just about. I've been pretty. Uh, 
strict about following the, mm. the oil change. Maybe I shouldn't. Um, and uh, I'm just about ready to have it, but I'm not going. Certainly not going to pay fifty dollars to have my my oil changed in my car. Yeah, so no. I don't know it's, whether it's it's going up uh, to, in comparison to the uh, prices of the gas pump. Um, no, oil 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 hasn't gone up like that. I'm, I'm sure it's gone up a little bit here and there, but not not that way. And um, and yeah, I mean it should. I mean it should go up somewhat, but it's uh, different processes, and and I wouldn't I wouldn't expect to see it go up fifty percent or a hundred percent or whatever that number is. Well, on the other yeah, on, on the other hand, a twenty dollar oil change or a thirty dollar oil change is truly a, a a loss for the shop because mm-hmm. they're going to pay you know a couple dollars a quart so just do 5 for easy math so there's 10 dollars okay. they're going to do 6 or 7 dollars for a filter so there's 17 and then somebody's got to drain it out put the new oil in dispose of the old oil so when they do an oil change for 30 dollars they're you know, they're especially you know if you think the typical labor rate in a shop today is you know somewhere between seventy and one hundred and twenty dollars an hour. So if they take a half an hour to do the oil change correctly, it should cost seventy dollars. But if you if you charge seventy dollars for an oil change, nobody would come in and get it done. Well, a matter of fact, I, the obvious just hit me. Uh, Forty nine ninety five is is a coupon price. What's the regular price? Forty nine ninety five. I bet. Probably exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's like it's uh, but, like when it's like when Target and Walmart have you know sales flyers, and you know it's there, there's nothing there's nothing on sale. It just means that they put it in their publication that the you know they're trying to move whatever that is. So you know it's probably probably similar. So who knows? Well, yeah. Uh, well, um, certain I'm not going there. So I mean that uh, um, they're not the only oil change facility in the state so uh, no not at all not at all i will i will find somebody i usually go to my regular like mass hire and they do an outstanding job and let them let them change it so yeah. uh, but again i it just kind of hit me and i wondered you know is this a reflection yeah. of the no nope. general increase in, in gas prices nope. but it isn't no it, it, you know people react to coupons too you know you get a coupon in the mail and you go oh look only 49.95 i think i'll go get my oil mm-hmm. change there's going to be a coupon for it so um, they wouldn't send out a coupon if it wasn't a good deal, would they? Yes, they would. Yes, they would. Yes, they would. <laughs> okay. Uh, well. well, thank you. All have right. a great. Have a have a nice weekend. Whatever, whatever we call it. That's right. Okay. That's right. All yeah. right. Take care, Paul. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. I believe we have Mike online. Michael. Yes. Good morning. How are you, Doc? Hi, Doctor. Uh, I'm all right. Oh. Hey, better, better I, than better than last week, where I had a fever of 102. So, uh, any, anything anything better than that? There's only only one direction you can go get better. I'm glad. No, it's get either better. get better, get either get better or die. I mean, I don't I don't know. Okay. There's, there's you know from 102. There's it's either going to go down or and if it goes up, it's it's you know I don't think you're supposed to have temperatures. You know you're not supposed to have you know a fever of 102 when you're over the age of seven. I, I agree. I'm glad to see you feeling better. And you're on the right side of the, of the ground. Hey, That's just right. two quick questions. One is I just want a, a comment on the front page of the Boston Globe. No response needed from you, but let me just read you this headline real fast. Mass still stalled on phone ban for drivers. And below it says proposal has support of governor, but opponents worry about racial profiling. 
just a con. Just that's what the goal yeah, is. No, so, no. And I heard it was funny. I heard the governor on the radio a week or two ago, and he said, you know, he I, uh, and he put it sort of like this. He said a few years ago, I didn't see the benefit of having uh, one more law that has people put their phones away. But he said, you know, the more I'm on the road and the more I see people being distracted, uh, going to a law that requires people to be uh, put their phones away makes a lot of sense. Rhode Island, uh, as, as of June 1st, will require that if your uh, your phone needs to be either mounted in a holder, uh, hooked up to Bluetooth, to, you know, use a Bluetooth earpiece, do something, and keep both hands on the wheel. And the big reason behind the whole law, it, it has really nothing to do with talking on the phone. It has to do with the ability for law enforcement to ticket people who are texting because if you have your phone in your hand and you're staring at it, well, you're probably not scrolling for a phone number. You're, you're probably texting someone, and I'm on the road 100 miles a day every day, and uh, and I see, I see these people texting all the time, and and they're they're doing everything but paying attention. So if the law changes and it makes them put their phone down, uh, I know from a from a safety standpoint, it's not holding the phone in your hand that's dangerous. It's the conversation that's dangerous. So even though I know that if you're got your phone hooked up to bluetooth and you have both hands on the wheel if you're arguing with your spouse or you know your boss or whatever the case is you're not paying attention to driving you're paying attention to whatever the argument is but on the other hand the amount of people and uh you know driving yesterday i I did an interview in plymouth yesterday and i was stuck in a little bit of traffic on route three and people were doing probably 15 or 20 miles an hour and you could you know one of the things i'm distracted by is i tend to look at everything around me and i see facebook i see facetime i see i see everybody doing everything but what they should with their car and and that is just drive and 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 those are how all those little minor crashes happen and some real big ones and the other thing that happens if you have you ever been in traffic where it, all of a sudden traffic comes to a full stop and you, you and all of a sudden it starts moving again you go, what caused this well memory traffic yeah, memory <laughs> yeah well what 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 happens is somebody pulls out their phone they yep. they slow down five or ten miles an hour. The person behind them slows down five or ten miles an hour. The person behind them slows, and all of a sudden, everybody comes to almost a standstill because one person screwed up the flow of traffic, and it brings traffic to a to a halt. All of a sudden, that person puts their phone away. Traffic speeds back up. It's it's uh, the uh, I guess the non technical engineering thing as they call it the turtle effect. And I don't, I don't right. know where they got that name, but uh, but uh, uh, but that's what it's called. And you know, we need to do away with. People need to, you know, two hands on the wheel, two eyes on the road, pay attention to driving. Just uh, you leave the other crap alone. I agree, hundred percent. My question to you was, how come the twelve volt? And you kind of talked about it earlier. I was surprised, but how come the twelve volt battery has lasted this long in cars? Because it still works. Um, you know, the the I remember back. To, uh, I probably took a technical class twenty years ago, and it was at the GM training center. And they said, within the next couple of years, we'll see forty-eight volt electrical systems because we're going to need to preheat the catalytic converter so it works. We're going to need to bring some other voltages up. Well, what happens? They've been able to run all of the systems in the car under under 
12 volts, and most of them run on 5 volts. So the whole idea of having a preheated catalytic converter with with a with a high with a higher voltage, high amperage battery never really materialized. Uh, BMW a couple years ago have a few models that have a 48 volt battery in them, or 42 volt, or something like that. Um, but for the most part, the systems the systems are still working, and they work on they work on 12 volts, and they work okay. But as we're going to more of these um, starter generator electric motor combinations. They need a bigger battery to make it work, and the, and the Jeep the Jeep is one of those, and and we'll see more of that through um, all the various manufacturers. And the idea of having a a car, uh, um, I'm driving this uh, Buick Encore. It comes to a stop every time you shut it off. There's no way to disable it, and it uses the starter to get it going again. You know, you know that that's got to put an extra load on all the mechanical parts. And you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? It's different than a few years ago. They actually incorporated a, a, a starter motor generator that that. Uh, that ran that ran for quite a while. So I think right now we'll we'll continue to see twelve volts for a little bit of time, but probably not much longer. Oh, great. Well, listen, as a Vietnam veteran, I wish you a happy Memorial Day. I'm going to enjoy it. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Dennis, do we have another call, or did they drop off? Oh, we have Rick and um, Robert. Let's let's talk to Rick first. Rick, hey there. Hey there. Uh, thank you for the package. I'm going to be installing it t- this morning. Read all the directions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was looking at it. It's very complicated. <laughs> it's it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty slick little unit. The uh, the uh, all in one phone grip. Um, we have one. The one that I first got, I stuck it to the. Uh, to the dash of our uh, our work van, and um, it, and what's nice is the suction cup part is actually a little bit sticky, so it's not like you have to spit on it and stick it to the dash. So it actually holds it holds pretty it holds pretty well, and it's a it's a it's a pretty slick little unit. And I'm glad you know whether it's the best unit in the world or not. Um, I don't know. I got I got a bunch of them to give away, and I'm glad I could give one to you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and. Um... It, you know, I was actually surprised that it actually had a bracket for a CD to put in your CD. Oh, it's got uh, a bracket. Flat. It's got a bracket for everything. It's got a bracket for your vent, a bracket for your CD yeah. player. And it, it's funny we're we're seeing less and less CD players in new cars. In fact, um, I was driving a Volvo while I was uh, down in Florida for a few days. It had no AM radio in it. Yeah, it was it was FM. It was FM. It was satellite radio, and it didn't have AM. Yeah, I remember when you had AM, but you didn't have FM, so it goes uh, back yeah. away. I go back. Uh, away. Um, I think okay. I think I finally threw up my FM converter. Yep. You ever remember yep. one of those? Yep. Yep. You you tuned your radio to like uh, some obscure like uh, you know fifteen twenty or something on the dial, and then all of a sudden yep. magically you got FM out of this other thing. So. Yep. And then I had one of them too. So um, yeah, two things. One, as a um, vet, um, to me, Happy Memorial Day um, isn't right because what you're doing is you're honoring the dead and that those who died. And so the happy part kind of throws me. I just prefer you know, people say Memorial Day and that okay. myself. And two, um, 
how much of an increase, because you hear about the news, you know, about the number of deaths over this holiday or that holiday, you know, what's the, what's the percentage of increase in the accidents, you know, for the holidays? Uh, well, I'll let you know that this is the start of the 100 deadliest days of summer driving, which means that um, from now till the end of Labor Day is the most dangerous time to be on the road because of a variety variety of things. Um, inexperienced, inexperienced drivers, so, you know, kids home from college that don't have experience, um, people, people uh, trying a little bit too hard sometimes, trying to get a bunch of stuff done in the summertime. The numbers, the overall numbers, we were, we were, um, we were looking at about f- 10 years ago, 42,000 people were killed in roadway crashes every year. That number went down to about 35,000. I attributed a lot of it to the new safety systems in cars, but the numbers are creeping back up again, and I think we're up around 38 or 39,000 people. So even though the numbers went down, they're going back up, So, uh, which is not the direction we want to see them go. And some of the, some of the reasons, I think uh, no one really knows, but I think some of the reasons that we saw the numbers go down, when we, was, when we saw gas at almost $4 a gallon, uh, I think people are really limiting their driving, and they're also limiting how fast they drive. Uh, you know, now it seems like a lot of times out on the highway we're seeing, you know, 75 and 80 miles an hour is the typical speed. And I know as a motorcyclist you must see people flying by you. Well, um, let me say this. Uh, a couple weeks ago I was on the, uh, I won't say which state's uh, throughway, turnpike, whatever term you want they, you want to use, and I was doing six, eight miles over the posted speed limit, and I had multiple police cars pass me without any problems. Well, try try doing, next time, try doing 35 or 40 over the speed limit. See if they pass you. <laughs> I think, I think they would, uh, that would get their attention in there. I, 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 I think it would, I think it would too. I was actually going with the flow of traffic. Yep. You know, yep. You know I didn't want, I, I, I didn't want to do the speed limit and have people, you know, climbing up my back end because i wasn't going fast enough that's right well i mean and although it's not an excuse for speeding it's the differential in speed so if you're driving too slow or too fast that's where the trouble is although you would be hard pressed to say no officer (laughs) everybody else was doing 100 that's why i was doing 100 that probably wouldn't work but uh, but if if the average if the speed limit is sixty five and everybody's doing seventy or so, that's that's um, you know that's safer than going fifty five when everybody else is doing seventy because the flow of traffic gets interrupted and people don't expect it and that's where that's where the danger happens. So you have to be careful. Yeah, and that's that's why I was you know, comfortable going a little bit over the speed limit, yeah. and that plus it got me to my destination a little quicker. Uh, uh, to be honest about it, but. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. When you when you're driving, you know, through several states, you know, <laughs> a couple of miles extra, you know, shortens the trip a bit. I suppose a little bit. I suppose a little yeah. bit. But but be careful while you're out there, okay? Oh yeah, especially seeing that you you're, not, you're telling this motorcyclist, I'm in the hundred worst days for accidents. Yeah. Thank so you. I so be it. careful. So be careful, okay, Rick? Yep. yep All bye. right. Take care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's take another call. Whenever you're he ready there, Dennis. just dropped. Oh, he just dropped off. So okay. why don't we go to commercial and I'll get my, my buddy on the line. Sounds like a good idea. And, right. and, uh, and Dennis, when, uh, because I don't know your buddy, uh, you're in charge when we come back. Woo-hoo! <laughs>
All right. <laughs> All right. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston, or 100.3 FM. We'll be right back. Well, my time went so quickly. I went lickety splitly out to my own. On the other side of the street I knew Stood a girl that looked like you I guess that's deja vu But I thought this can't be true Cause you moved to West L.A. Or New York or Santa Fe Or wherever to get away from me And welcome back to the Car Doctor Program On AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston Or WROLradio.com Or WROL, the app You can find it in your favorite app store Apple, Android, whatever the case is Or you can just tell Alexa to find WROL. Uh, Dennis, do all the work. I'm going to rest. Oh, gee, thanks. All right, so coming on the air with us right now is a buddy of mine. His name is Josh Taberge, and I figured I'd get him on the air because he's doing something really cool. He's going across the country. Right now he's out in the West Coast, uh, situation um, destination unknown, um, and he just decided one day to pack up and move into a van, and I'd like to know what made him think of it. So, Josh, are you there? I am. Thanks for having me. No problem. So what made you decide to do this, and how are you still able to make a living while doing it? Um, well, so uh, I, I decided to, to do this for several reasons, um, you know, the first being uh, – you know, just to get uh, to get a little bit of more adventure, and um, uh, I I started out. Uh, I watched a documentary by Ken Burns about the America's National Parks, and um, really got me interested in seeing the country. I, I've traveled internationally, but I never really explored the the U.S. And um, I was taking a lot of like weekend trips, and you know, working for the weekend and stuff like that. And um, I decided, you know the best way to, to, to do, uh, to see the country, um, is, you know, uh, driving. So, um, I started looking at, um, you know, tiny houses and, and those were just not, you know, mobile enough for me. So, um, I started, you know, thinking that, you know, how, how small can I go? And, um, you know, uh, and RVs were a little too, too big as well. So, um, started thinking, you know, can how can I get even smaller? So, um, you know, I found out about, you know, van living and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I started researching and that's kind of where it led me. Other reasons, you know, were, you know, to see how small I could make my footprint, you know, and, um, you know, I, I try and live a minimalistic lifestyle. So the van uh, thing kind of fit in with that and um, a couple other reasons. But uh, those are the those are the main ones, you know, just to travel and see the country. Um, as far as uh, how I'm able to do it, um, you know, I've been pretty successful with, um, with um, you know, my business and work and stuff like that. And um, I, don't, I don't live extravagantly. I don't have, uh, you know, any kids or, um, you know, a family or anything like that. So, you know, it's just me. And um, I, uh, I uh, decided to, um, um, you know, uh, take a year off and, um you know, I have a little bit of uh, you know residual income from rentals and investments and stuff like that. So I'm definitely uh, definitely taking a hit this year as far as my income. But um, you know, I wanted to uh, I wanted to do this. You know, I wanted to do this now while I'm still young, 
and uh, and I can I'm able to you know hike up the trails and and uh, do that kind of stuff with you know without a knee pain or back pain or anything like that. So I uh, I said now's the time. Awesome. Hey Josh, it's John. Um, what kind what kind of van is it, and have you run into any kind of mechanical problems along the way? Yeah, so that's a great question, John. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a Ram Promaster cargo van, and it's the extended 159 inch wheelbase version. So it's the largest um, it's the largest model that they, that Ram makes. Um, you probably see them everywhere. UPS yep. is starting to use them to deliver uh, packages now instead of their old big box trucks. But um, it's an eco diesel, so it's the they make a gasoline and a diesel version. So it's the it's the diesel version, which um, is really great for traveling long distances, as you know. And um, uh, the, most people that are doing the vans, they do uh, they're doing Sprinters um, or Ford Transits or the Ram Pro Master. Mm. And as far as have um, you have you done some work to the inside of it to make it comfortable, or are you are you going real minimalistic? You just live it on a lounge chair. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not doing the whole uh, Matt Foley van down by the river thing. I uh, <laughs> I built it out. Um, it, it only had uh, it only had twenty five thousand miles on it when I when I bought it. So it was, uh, I forgot your other question, but it was mechanical problems. But I haven't really had any mechanical problems. Good. Everything's under warranty. Um, I did have you know I did have some problems with the back door. I took it to a, a Ram dealership, and um, they fixed it. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, obviously I'm living in the van, so I can't leave it with them overnight. So uh, they they figured out what was wrong. Um, you know, they gave it back to me the same day. They ordered the parts. I came back a couple days later, and they fixed it. But uh, I have it all built out inside. Um, it's almost like a tiny house inside. Mm-hmm. I have I have a refrigerator. I have a composting toilet. I have a, a kitchen sink. I have a, a, a setup where I have, like, an outdoor shower. I have a bed. Um, and I have uh, tons of cabinetry and storage space. So it's, you know, it's it's. Uh, if you ever watch the, the house, the tiny house shows on HGTV and stuff like that, it's kind of like that. But think even even smaller. You know, it's basically 80 square feet in the whole van. So um, it's it's really really tiny. Uh, you know, but it's just me and um, and uh, I'm and I don't have a lot of stuff. So uh, I make it work. Sounds sounds fantastic. Where now? Where do you stay? So I stay in the van. I, I typically will stay in um, uh, campgrounds. Uh, most state parks and and, uh, and all the national parks have have campgrounds where you can stay. Um, I, I also um, out out here on the west coast. I don't know about you know the, the east coast, but um, out here on the west coast, there's a ton of uh, what's called uh, public lands. And it's basically land that's managed by the Bureau of Land Management, like national forests and and uh, just uh, state uh, state or uh, national protected lands. And you can stay in those for up to two weeks uh, for free. Uh, they're they're not necessarily campgrounds where there's bathrooms and there's uh, you know uh, picnic tables and stuff like that. It's basically just you know vacant land. Um, uh, just forests and stuff like that that um, the government uses for timber and stuff like that. But uh, you can stay in those for up to two weeks for free. And, um, you know, I'm self-contained in the van, so I don't really need a bathroom. I have a bathroom in the van, and I have uh, sh- an outdoor shower. And, 
um, you know, I have a, a kitchen sink and I have a cooktop and all that stuff. So um, I'm, I, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty self-sufficient. Everything is powered by solar um, in the van. So I have a solar panel um, up on the roof at a, you know, and I have a lithium uh, battery bank inside the van. And it also charges while I drive. I have it hooked up to the uh, to the uh, to the van battery. So when, when I'm driving, um, you know, you could use an isolator or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, it basically will charge the house battery, uh, the battery that powers all the stuff in the van uh, while I drive. So that's that's fantastic. on that because I'm a huge solar person and trying to conserve energy and all that. How um, how long did it take you to build this out? Uh, so. Uh, the, the short answer is is uh, four is about four months, uh, five months uh, almost. Uh, but uh, the long answer is, you know, this whole this whole idea started um, over a year ago, and um, you know, it took a lot of time of basically researching, um, you know, which was the best van for me, uh, which is the um, you know which is the way to which is the way to go as far as you know what, what type of solar setup, um, layout, all that kind of stuff is. That's the most important part is, is, you know, the planning of the building out of the inside. And um, so that whole process took, uh, you know, um, about six months or, or, or even longer, I would say, you know, just kind of deciding, you know, it started with, you know, how to, how to do this. You know, I, I want to travel the country. So it basically started with how do I accomplish that? And then it was basically choosing, you know, the right form of transportation. Then when you figure out, you know, what size, you know, uh, form of transportation you want, whether it be RV or tiny house or van or, you know, whatever it may be, then you need to figure out, you know, what what type of, uh, of van or what type of RV you want. And then you kind of, then you, you go down from there. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a long process, um, but there's plenty of information on the internet. Cool. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you is I know I follow you on because I'm a friend of you, so I have my, a direct line through Facebook. And you mentioned that you're on Instagram, which I just started following you on that as well. And your pictures are fantastic. If people want to follow you, essentially, what is your what is the best form so that they can, is it Instagram that they should follow you on? And what's your handle? Yeah, so I have um, I have two handles on Instagram. Actually, I have a personal Instagram um, that I've been posting a lot of my pictures. But I'm building out a um, sort of like a um, an Instagram uh, for the trip and for um, the type of lifestyle that I, you know, I'm living. Where, where it's minimalistic and it's kind of boondocking, which is basically living off the grid. Um, and I have a and I have a blog that I'm that I just uh, finished. It's under construction. I haven't posted any posts yet um but uh it's going to have um you know a lot of information on how to live this lifestyle and um you know how to build out the van and how to decide you know kind of what we talked about in this conversation about you know how to pick the the right van for you and all that kind of stuff so as uh, as the trip goes on i'm going to be posting a lot of stuff um I, you know i just just got on the road here uh about a month and a half two months ago so um, that's all getting built out. But uh, my first Instagram is my personal Instagram, and that's the dot Burge, which is basically my last name with a dot in the middle of it. So it's T H E dot B E R G E. And um, then my the Instagram for the trip is um, the B um, the B D K R, 
which is an abbreviation of the boondocker, but it's the B-D-K-R. And my website is theboondocker.com. Excellent. So I know you're currently out on the West Coast. Um, you've been to Oregon. You've been to California. Are you? Have you been to Washington yet? I have. Uh, I have. Well, uh, I'm, right now I'm on the border of uh, of uh, Oregon and Washington. So I have. Uh, I have uh, driven up to to a couple like border um, state parks on the border of Washington and Oregon. Um, that's my next uh, destination is to explore Washington a little bit more. And I've also been to Texas and um, and Arizona a, a little bit. Um, so um, yeah, I'm kind of making my my way up the coast. Uh, Washington's the next next destination, and then uh, Canada. I'm going up to the Canadian Rockies, and then I'm going to head back down um, into uh, you know Montana, Wyoming, Utah, um, Arizona, Colorado, and that, and then um, and, uh, and that should be you know uh, should be in Colorado by you know October, and then awesome. I'm going to go spend the holidays with family in Boston. Yep. That's... Have you met some cool people on the way? I have. I've met a, I've met a lot of really cool people so far. Um, I've even met, um, you know, I've met a couple that was living out of their Prius, and they um, they took out the back seat of their Prius, and they were, you know, a young younger couple, you know, uh, that was, you know, just out of college, and they took out the back seat of their Prius, and they were, um, you know, obviously they were, they weren't, uh, you know, they they were sleeping in tents and you know at campgrounds and stuff like that, but. Um, they must have thought you had a mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, basically. I mean, you know, it's it's whatever. You know, honestly, it's you know whatever you whatever you can afford, and it's really all about the traveling. You know, it's um, you know you don't you don't need much. You know, I I have a really nice you know built out van, but um, you know I would I would be happy you know just with you know a, a simple setup, and and it's it's really kind of just whatever it takes to get out there on the road, you know, and, uh, you, you know, get out there and, and, and see the country, see the world. Yeah. A friend of mine, uh, back a couple of years ago from Austin, he had a diesel Jetta and he built a utility trailer behind that he towed behind it. He still got 40 some odd miles per gallon, but he had all his stuff in this trailer and mm-hmm. he was able to, he, he, his, his, plan for him and his girlfriend were they were just gonna they were gonna travel the country the best they can take the take the summer off and kind of visit all the places they always thought about kind of for the same reasons they said you know we're as we're you know we want to be able to enjoy it well all the parts still work so uh be able to get out yeah. there enjoy it be and he's he's a bit of a survivalist at the same time so it all it all worked out good for him so you know i i you know, give anyone credit who does this, and you know, I know, I know some people. Their idea of camping is a Holiday Inn, but uh, that's my idea yeah. of camping. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I will say, yeah, I will say this. You know, it you, you definitely um, you definitely give up a lot of the comforts of society when you decide to do this. You know, just a just a simple uh, you know a nice hot shower. Um, you really start to appreciate the little things like that when you're when you're living this kind of lifestyle. It's not for everybody, you know. Um, but um, you know, uh, but uh, if 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 it is for you, you know, um, and you are okay giving up some of the creature comforts of society, you know, I haven't I haven't watched TV in you know in in weeks, you know, and uh, 
you know, if, if you're okay with like stuff like that and, um, and then, you know, it, it's definitely, it's definitely worth having, tra- you're basically trading freedom, comfort for freedom, you know, a little bit more freedom and you're giving up some of the comforts of society and, and, uh, you know, having a, having a nice, you know, home or apartment or whatever it is. All right. And Josh, my last question is how much longer are you planning on doing this? Are you, do you have a time frame? Or are you just roaming until you decide, well, I'm done? Yeah, I guess uh, that's a great question. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to leave a little bit to, uh, you know, to spontaneity, but um, right now the plan is to travel, um, you know, uh, up, up through October and then head back to the East Coast and spend some time with family um, for the holidays. Thanksgiving. I, would, I would like to be in Boston by Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then, um, you know, at, at some point i got to go back and make some money here. So uh, probably for, uh, the plan is to, to go back and um, – and start, you know, making money for the winter. And then if I can, I'd like to, to kind of travel again all some, all next summer and uh, see, if, see if I can really make that uh, like an annual thing where I work over the winter and travel in the summer. Uh, but uh, I do plan on keeping the van, even if, I, even if I'm not able to, um, to, to, to do that, you know, um, I can use the van for, you know, long road trips and stuff like that. Do you have a YouTube channel too for this? I don't. Uh, I, I don't yet. Uh, I haven't decided if I'm going to be doing that. Um, yeah. I'm not really, uh, you know, a, a, a comfortable like, camera guy in front of the camera. So, yep. um, but uh, I do like taking photos, and I like being behind the camera. So, okay. I definitely, you know, I'm going to be doing a lot of Instagram and blogging and stuff like that, and, no, and writing not, about this lifestyle. Yeah, and, no, it's, it sounds mm-hmm. fantastic. And the photos, the photos have been amazing, Josh. I mean, they've been spectacular. So um, I thank, thank you. you, I thank you for getting up as early as you have on your end um, to do this today, and I appreciate your your availability. Um, maybe we can check in at about a month or so, if that's all right with John and yourself, and we'll see where you are and how things are going there. And seeing seeing that you've been on the road then for a few more months, how's that sound? Yeah, it sounds great. I, I really appreciate you guys having me. All right. And, and Josh, one one more time, the Instagram is what? Uh, my personal Instagram is the.berge, so it's T-H-E dot B-E-R-G-E. And then the uh, Instagram for the trip is uh, the B-D-K-R. Um, dot, uh, the B-D-K-R is the Instagram for the, the trip. And the website is theboondocker.com. Sounds great. Excellent. Thank you very much, Josh. Hold on the line for a minute. I'll just I'll wrap up with you and John. Take over from here. Yep. No, it sounds it sounds fantastic. Uh, people who like people who like to do this type of thing, and and uh, I know it's uh, it's maybe not it's not my kind of thing, but I think for people who enjoy this type of thing and and enjoy you know traveling the country and seeing what's out there to see there there is a there is a ton of stuff and uh, be able to experience it and um, you know, a lot better than in a Volkswagen van, I think. So the uh, Promaster van is is a uh, dedicated work van. Uh, like uh, like Josh said, it's a it's a full size vehicle. It's a vehicle that he's outfitted inside. Now he said it's still eighty square feet, so it's uh, 
Uh, it's still pretty small, you know. It's still it's still uh, not not exactly a big vehicle, but still properly outfitted. And I'm sure he has. Uh, he's like you said, he has an outside shower, so he probably has uh, a water bag that he can leave in the sun, so he can take at least a fairly warm shower. So that's probably that's probably a big help too. So it sounds sounds sounds. Uh, Sounds like it's not for everyone, but it sounds like it might be uh, might be a good time. Yeah, I certainly couldn't do that. No way. You couldn't. No, you couldn't do that. <laughs> no, I would uh, need. I, I mean, an RV is pushing it for me. Like I, if I think about the RV, I'm like, oh, that would be fun. And then I'd, I'd be like, I'd probably be like, maybe a week, maybe two weeks in, I'd be like, all right, I need to go home. <laughs> uh, well, you know, some people like like being home. They like the comforts of home. They like knowing their couches where their couches and their refrigerators where their refrigerator is. Uh, uh, the folks that I know who uh, who traveled around from Austin, you know, over here to the Cape, and they basically they basically put all their stuff in this utility trailer, and it was a really well made utility trailer, and um, and and they went camping where they could go camping. They stayed with friends where they could stay with friends. Uh, my nephew, uh, when he was right out of high school, him and a buddy, they had a they had an old, uh, I think it was a tourist station wagon, and they they traveled the country staying with friends. I think they had one mechanical problem along the way. So it, it is some it is something interesting for people to try. I've I've never been, um, you know, I, I don't think I've driven any further than. I don't know, Pennsylvania maybe. So uh, for me being on the road, that's about as far as I've gone. And I've barely been to the West Coast. So uh, there's a, there's an awful lot of country to see. There's an awful lot of beautiful country to see. I know the last time I was uh, flying to L.A., um, just looking at some of the sites as we were flying, you know, through the Midwest, uh, you know, it looks look beautiful and the, the ability to stay on some of this um, government land and stay for free like uh, josh said not a campground but still someplace where you can pull off and you can stay for a little while and and uh, enjoy nature i think for the right people it's uh, a phenomenal thing yep and as it, with this day and age you can always you can you can still keep in touch with family and stuff like that i mean with cell phones and like texting and with just like like you said instagram like yep. people this way you know that they're still out there they're still doing things and it gives people a peace of mind, whereas before, when you wanted to be a recluse, like, I, I mean, he's a recluse at this point, yep. you know? Yep. Um, when you wanted to do that, people, your family would worry, like, they don't they don't have any contact with you for weeks on end, but at least now they can just check in. Oh, he's he's in Oregon. He's taking yep. pictures. He's got these big, beautiful yep. redwoods around him. It's, yep. it's, it's amazing. And, and like he said, you know, he said something about, you know, he hasn't watched TV in three or four weeks, mm-hmm. but he could if he wanted to. He could. You know, it's... Um, you know, uh, you know, he's got his his power supply with his uh, lithium ion batteries, and so he can run some of his accessories. Could he run a a little small flat screen TV, or you know, or an iPad, and and get on some of the TV channels with it? He could if he wanted to, but chances are, um, he's you know, as he's in the van driving, he's probably getting enough news from the radio stations, and then when he gets to wherever he wants to go, he probably decides, hey, you know what? It's beautiful here. Why do I want to watch TV exactly. when I can watch nature? Yep. we got one more break to take, man. All right. Well, let's take it. And when we come back, we'll talk about the car that got me around uh, in the last week or two. And uh, that's the Volvo XC60 T8. In fact, it even has an electric component. We'll be right back.
welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Josh Burge sounds like an interesting character. He, uh, we'll have to check in with him, you know, periodically. Years and years ago, I did a, uh, one of the radio programs I did. I, I periodically would check in with a cab driver in New York. And uh, he, he, and this was, this had to be 15 years ago, and he called himself the last English-speaking cab driver in New York. Uh, but he always had some good stories about, you know, who he met along the way, who he picked up. Um, and I'm sure Josh, like I said, met some very interesting people. Um, I don't know about a couple living in the back of a Prius, but. Uh, yeah, that's insane to me. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a, that's a bit much, but anyway. A car that you could maybe live in the back of is the Volvo XC60. Uh, that's Volvo's midsize SUV. It comes in three trim levels and three models, uh, T5, T6, and the T8. The subject of our road test was a T8e, the most powerful version, with 400 horsepower on tap. The E signifies that this top-of-the-line model is also a plug-in, twin-engine, all-wheel-drive hybrid. When in full electric mode, the XC60 will run gas-free for up to 27 miles. When the battery becomes depleted, it performs like a typical hybrid running on electric during certain periods as well as the electric motor adding to the overall performance of the two liter supercharged and turbocharged engine so there's a lot of stuff going on under the hood here there's a supercharger there's a turbocharger there's an electric motor horsepower is divided with 315 horsepower coming from the gasoline engine 87 horsepower being produced electrically fuel economy is about 26 miles per gallon but that doubles when the electric battery is fully charged Premium fuel is recommended for optimum performance and fuel economy. If you haven't been in a Volvo for a while, the first thing you'll notice uh, is the plain interior has been replaced with stylish and comfortable seating. The seats in our inscription model were multi-adjustable and even included a massage setting, which I just find silly. Um, Maybe I just don't like massages, but the idea that your seat massages you while you drive, I don't know. I just find it uncomfortable. The instrument panel uh, is clean and organized looking. The center portion that included the infotainment system is slick to look at, but I found it a bit cumbersome, even overly complicated to use. I had the same feeling about the shifter. It looks great, but if you're someone who likes to shift quickly from reverse to drive, there's a bit of a delay. You have to make sure your foot's on the brake. Um, it's, it's not the old days of click, click, boom, and off you go. Uh, you have to make sure you follow the steps. If you don't, you just stay hung up in neutral. The rear seat is comfortable for at least two adults, with the cargo area is also quite good for a midsize SUV. With the rear seats folded, there's 56 cubic feet of cargo space, and there is uh, storage under the cargo floor for a charging cable and other smaller items. This Volvo was also fully loaded with all the safety features, including lane-keeping assistant, oncoming lane mitigation, which will provide steering input to mitigate head-on collisions. This function will also join the standard IntelliSafe City safety system, which includes uh, pedestrian, cyclist, vehicle, and even large animal detection with automatic emergency braking. Volvo's blind spot information system will now use a steer assist functionality to prevent drivers from changing lanes into other vehicles. There's also park assist, which allows hands-free parking. Performance from the hybrid engine is like a sports car with a trip to 60 miles an hour happening in as little as five seconds. The brakes were powerful, but um, kind of touchy. Um, similar to other hybrids, but I know I was talking to somebody else, and they're like, did you ever get used to the brakes? And eventually I did, but um, they are a little bit touchy to use. The handling was also more reminiscent of a sports sedan than an SUV. The ride was a bit firm, but never harsh, and the steering had good feel, perhaps a 
a little bit numb once in a while, but it never really felt overboosted or artificial like some other hybrid cars. The Volvo XC60 um, T8e is fun to drive, comfortable, has all the latest technology, including all-wheel drive. The engine is a plug-in hybrid electric uh, four-cylinder, fuel economy 26 city, 28 highway, 56 combined with the gasoline electric. And do they give this Volvo away? Not at all. It's $71,800, like we were talking with Junior. Cars have gotten expensive. There's no way around it. And uh, um, I know when I was car shopping, I had a very specific budget in mind. And uh, it, it's hard to find a car for under $25,000 in a lot of cases. Well, we are slowly running out of time here. But I bet, because I heard stories, that Paul Sullivan is in the studio. Hey, you know, um, what's the difference between uh, prevention and mitigation? Because I want the front-end collision prevented, not mitigated. W- what about you? Uh, well, prevented, yeah, I, if I had a choice, I would want it not to happen at all. But if it was uh, mitigated, that means uh, well, we're going to help you not die. All right, okay, good. All right. Which is which is better than nothing. You know? no, and, and, yeah, it's better yeah, than the alternative. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Hey, how's the weather down the Cape? Uh, the weather down the Cape is breezy, uh, yeah. sunny, yeah. Uh, but uh, but actually but actually quite nice. Uh, yesterday uh, yesterday I got here after work and it was uh, it was a uh, uh, pleasant evening and uh, I think uh, it's all going downhill mid afternoon. So <laughs> did did you have any uh, fried clams and Todd hot sauce yet? I I did not I did not I had uh, strangely enough I had pulled pork last night. So. <laughs> there you because, go. Uh, that's the way to enjoy yeah, my summer. man. <laughs> Because that because that's a, that's a Cape Cod staple after all. So, <laughs> hey, you know what? You're you're too much of a caper to have to worry about what the tourists uh, would would uh, eat when they go down, right? You're that's, past that's that. Right. that. That's right. I'm, way yeah, past I'm, that. I'm way past that. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You know, I, you know, I'm 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 a Florida tourist right now. All so, right, go know, go ahead out to the uh, to the one stop or the pit stop or whatever. Get the paper. Yeah, yeah the one the one stop. The but one stop. No, no, I have to. I, I can only go one place. I can only go to Bandera's Deli because uh, that's right. Kenny and Dolly are friends of mine, so I have to leave my street and go left, not right. There so. you go. All right. All right. I'll see you All next right. week. Okay. All right. Take care, Paul. Uh, remember, as you're enjoying a hamburger or hot dog or whatever it is on the grill, remember what uh, what Memorial Day is really all about. And until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. We'll talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.